For being here today, I tell you what, uh, I always appreciate any attendance. Because the word, the word of God tells us that where two or three are gathered in my name, that I am in the midst and I am present with them. We'll begin our service by singing the doxology, which is hymn number 549 in the red hymnal. The doxology and the red hymnal number 549. is hymn number 721. If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not even keep back his own son, but offered him for us all. He gave us his son. Will he not also freely give us all things? Who will accuse God's chosen people? God himself declares them not guilty. Can anyone then condemn them? Christ Jesus is the one who died, or rather, who was raised to life and is at the right side of God. He pleads with God for us. Who then can separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble do it, or hardship, or persecution, or hunger, or poverty, or danger, or death? As the scripture says, For your sake we are in danger of death the whole day long. We are treated like sheep that are going to be slaughtered. Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, we thank you that you have used your great power and have begun to rule. Praise God for the Lord, our Almighty God, is King. Let us rejoice and be glad. Let us praise his greatness. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 389. Just as I am without one plea, number 389. Just as I am. 
from the book of Galatians chapter 5 beginning with verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace patience, kindness goodness, faith gentleness self-control against such things there is no law now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are just so thankful for this wonderful time that we can have to worship. And Lord, the hymns that we have sung, the scriptures that we have read, the prayers that we have offered have just been different acts of worship to praise you and to give you that honor that you so richly deserve. And God, I would ask that you would help me to continue that praise and honor, that the words would be from your spirit. And Lord, I ask that you would help me now. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Well, I don't know how your life has been going. But Lynn and I, we took a vacation and we had the resources to go to Europe. So we actually went to Europe for 17 days and we were in France and in the Netherlands. We were in Germany. We were in Switzerland. And we tried to soak up as much culture as you possibly can, right? If you've ever been to Europe, you kind of are amazed by the different customs that they have, the history that's there. And it's, it's just, in my opinion... Pretty cool stuff, I'll just use that term. But one of the things that we stopped and visited as we were going through Germany was a a small little town, and it had a war memorial there. And the words in German, and I will not read the words in German because my German's not good, but I'll give you the translation, and it is the title of our sermon, Victim, Peace, or Freedom. In fact, that first word, victim, can also be translated as victims peace, freedom. And it was a war memorial really commemorating the actions of World War II in this small German city along the Rhine. And so I preached to you this morning from a perspective within our own personal lives, what are you searching for? Because within every one of us, within me, there's always that daily conflict that is taking place. There is always that good and evil, the old nature and the new nature that the scriptures talk about, that war with inside of me. And if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you also should have that same conflict of those things that are warring you inside of you, 
those things in which you conflict about on a daily basis. And I know that each day as I walk with God, as I hopefully I'm walking with God, there are conflicts that I have to overcome within myself. So when I look and examine my own personal life and I look at myself and the conflicts that I'm involved in in terms of the things that are inside of me, the inner turmoil that I struggle with in terms of our old nature and new nature, am I the victim in those conflicts? Am I searching for peace in those conflicts? Am I searching for freedom in those conflicts? And I would venture that all of us feel that way on a daily basis as we look at our circumstances the challenges that we are facing the things within our lives that we struggle with we maybe not put it consciously into those words about being a victim or wanting peace or wanting freedom but if we think about for a minute that and the things that we struggle with the things that we fight within ourselves I believe it comes down to those three things the attitude that we have about those conflicts that war in each and every one of us. Are we a victim? Are we trying to resolve those conflicts for peace? Are we trying to resolve those conflicts for freedom? The scripture that we read this morning gives us an understanding of the spirit that we should have when we are wrestling with those conflicts within ourselves. And to identify whether those conflicts are winning or whether they're losing, it's contributed to by the fruits of our own personal lives. What are our attitudes and actions about different things? Does the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, does it give us love? Does it give us joy? Does it give us peace? Does it give us patience? Does it give us kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control? the things that I think all of us would want to have on a daily basis. And all of us would want to share those things with others. And that really exemplifies how we're doing when we struggle about those things that are inside of us, the old and new nature. And I would gather, and I would not make a guess, but I would be pretty sure that within my own self, that when I am resolving those conflicts within myself of, toward the area of peace and freedom, that I would have the fruit of the Spirit. But if I'm trying to resolve those circumstances, the conflicts that I have within myself, if I am representing myself as the victim, I probably would not be showing the fruits of the Spirit within my life. Does that make, does that make sense? And so we have that conflict. And God tells us that we are to pursue the peace and freedom that we have found through Jesus Christ. That we should live by the Spirit. That we should follow the Spirit of God in our daily lives. And we cannot do that if we, within our own personal lives, feel that we are the victim of the different things that are going on. Now, have I been victim of circumstances? Have I been victim of unkind things that have been done to me by others? The answer to that question is yes. I have been the victim of circumstances. I have had mean and hateful things done towards me, verbally and physically. And so, yes, there are times when we are the victim. But in our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, the Scriptures tell us that we are no longer a victim of circumstance or the victim of the meaningful things that have been done to us, whether verbally or whether physically. In fact, when we read the call of worship, it tells us that there is nothing in this entire world that can ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I would say to you that I am no longer a victim of those circumstances or the mean and hateful things that were done to me. And in the same way, I say to you that you are no longer a victim of circumstance or the hateful things that have been done to you as well. Because God wants us to exhibit the fact that within our own spirit, the relationship that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that we have found that peace. 
that peace that the world is so longing for in all of the things that they are trying to work through. That God has given us the freedom that we find in Christ. To live the life truly by the Spirit that He has given us. But what is the peace of that fruit of that Spirit? What is that peace that we're searching for? That as we leave the whole attitude and actions of our lives in which we are no longer the victim, but we are now a follower of Jesus Christ, what is that peace? What is that fruit of that Spirit? What is peace with God? What does it mean? A couple of suggestions in terms of what that means. It means that we have had redemption. That's exactly. Amen. And that in that process we have that redemption for the things that we have done wrong. We have been redeemed. We are no longer guilty in the eyes of God. And as we look at that peace and the fruit of the Spirit, we find that reconciliation that we are looking for, that we want to have in the things within our lives. And we find within that reconciliation the whole idea that our lives matter to God because we are God's creation. And because we are God's creation, we see the individual value that we have before God. And then we begin to see the peace that God wants us to have. We go through a process in which we have to change the whole way in which we view and see the world. If you will, we have to go through some rehab in terms of getting a different perspective of the life that God wants us to have. To change the way in which we see the world. To change the way in which we see ourselves. And within that process, God gives us that reassurance that God wants us to have. The reassurance that He is always with us. That He's always by our side. And then we see the peace of God begins to appear. It becomes within our sight. The light of God begins to shine and we begin to change things in our lives. But then we know that within that changing process we're going to make some mistakes. When we take a few steps forward, we may take one or two steps backwards and we always have to remember to go forward desiring to be one with God to have that peace. Because life is not easy. Life is truly a struggle from day to day. There are limitations of what we can do. But then we reach out to God and we see that even with this difficult life, even within our own limitations. And every time I see the word limitations, I just... It reminds me of a different word. The imperfections that we have in our lives. I was reading something the other day and this person that does ministry in a different country in Southeast Asia, he was talking about the fact that the limitations that he sees are those who do not follow the Spirit of God because they realize within their sin that is in their life and they feel that because of their imperfections that God could no longer use them. And his response to that was, if you feel that way, God will never use you. Because what does that reveal about yourself or about myself if I have that kind of attitude? It means that I have not truly embraced the love of God that has been given to me through His Son, Jesus Christ. If I feel that I have not if I am not able to do something because of the sins that I have done in my life, that means I have not embraced the forgiveness and the grace that God gives to each and every one of us. If I look at my imperfections and I say to God, God, I can't do what you've asked me to do because I'm not perfect, that I am truly not allowing God to work in my life to reach perfection. Because it is something in which God wants us to obtain. And if our desire is to have that peace, is to have that freedom, to no longer be the victim, then we should not allow ourselves 
to prevent us from filling the will of God that God has for each and every one of us. And we do that. We do that in terms of limiting the power of God within our own individual lives. The limitations, because we say, God, I have done all these wrong things. The reality of life says that I just can't do anymore and people are going to be against me and obviously I just can't achieve these things because I am imperfect. And all of those statements are true. But then we forget about the perfection that God has given to each and every one of us by what His Son, Jesus Christ, did for us on the cross. And then we begin to embrace that if we truly want to go in that direction, to follow God, to follow His Spirit, to exhibit the Spirit of God in our lives, to have that peace that goes beyond our hope and understanding. And if we allow the light of God to show us, if we see the fruit of the Spirit being exhibited in our own personal lives, we realize that we are no longer the victim, that we are seeing the peace that God wants us to have. And then we begin to experience the freedom, the freedom from the conflict that we have within ourselves, the freedom of the struggle that we have of the old nature and the new nature, the freedom that we can see within our own lives that we are no longer the victim, that we are on a path in which leads to peace, and from that peace we can enjoy the freedoms that God has given us through His grace. The grace that God wants us to have in all things that gives us the freedom to live by the fruit of the Spirit, to live and to practice those things that honor God because we love God, not because we have to do something for God. And there's a difference. When you're in a relationship with somebody that you love, don't you love it more when they do something because they want to, not because they have to? God is not in the have-to business with us. God is in the want-to business with us. Did God have to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins and to, my, to die for my sins? Did He answer the question is no. But He wanted to. For God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the reason why I say it in King James is that's because how I learned it when I was a little kid. And I just can't get to the new version yet. But in that same way, it reveals God's love for us because He wanted to, not because He had to do something. And in the same way, we reciprocate with our love towards God because we want to, not because we have to. You are examples of that this morning coming here to worship because you did not have to come this morning. You came because you wanted to come. You didn't know what to expect. You didn't know what I was going to be preaching about. But you came because you wanted to. Not because you have to. Not because it's something that you did from a family tradition. Because nobody knows whether you came here or not. Only you do. Only God knows. And in the same way, within our own lives, we reveal our relationship with God based on the things that we do that are unseen by anyone except God. The truth of our lives is exhibited by the things that we do when no one is watching except ourselves in those circumstances. That is the truth of who we are. The things that we do unseen by anybody else. That's who we are. That's who we are in our daily lives. And you can do different things when different people are around and you can say all the right words. And, and Christians do have what I call their own God talk, you know, where we, the different pleasantries that we can say to one another the different words that we can say to identify ourselves as a follower of Jesus Christ. But when it comes down to it, it's the things that we do in secret that reveal 
our true character and the truth of who we are. And when we are doing those things that honor God, even in secret, we see and exhibit the peace that leads to that freedom that we want to have. The freedom that we know that in all the things that we can do and all the things that reflect our relationship with God it is there because we want to follow God's will for our lives. We want to follow the truth of His Spirit in our lives. We want to sense the freedom that the cross gives you and me through the forgiveness of sins that we have. The reality of our repentance, the reality of our faith gives us that freedom. The reality in knowing that you and I are one with God through the presence of His Spirit in our lives as we confess those things that have separated us from the love of God. As we take on those challenges and we see God, I know that I am imperfect, but I am not going to allow my imperfection to prevent me from the goal of being perfect in Christ and in you. And it's not something that we can do on our own strength and our own power. And I think that's the key of what this person was saying earlier this week in terms of following the Spirit of God. As when our desire is to be perfect in Christ, we realize that it is not our own personal strength that gets us there. It is the Spirit of God working in our lives. Understanding that all the wrongs that we have done have been forgiven. And that those wrongs should not separate us from the perfection that God wants us to have, that he wants us to obtain. And we can only do that by being one with God, of having that spirit, being obedient to the things of God. And if you want freedom in your own life, if you want to experience God's grace that he has given us, that unmerited favor that he provides to each and every one of us because he wants to. We have to have that obedience to God and our desire to follow him. And it could be in a whole different circumstances for you and for me. But we know what that obedience is. You know that when you are following the will of God for your life, you know that when you are out of the will of God for your life, that it's based on our own individual response in terms of what God wants us to do in obedience because we love God, because we want to do those things that honor God. We want to do those things that reflect the adoration of who God is in our life. And it is an act of obedience that gives us that peace that we want to have, that gives us that freedom that we are searching for. And it reminds us that if we want those things to be right in our lives, we have to pursue those things that God wants us to pursue. And that our spirit will exhibit that spirit of love and of joy and of peace and patience and of kindness, of good faith, gentleness, self-control. And even if I make a mistake on all of those today I know that God says you need to learn from what you have done I am pleased that your desire is to allow my presence in your life to give you that perfection and when God reminds us of the things that we need to work on that list that we have here he reminds us that it is there because he wants to make us better if God pricks us to the presence of, your, of His Spirit in your life, and we call it a conscience, and you can say, God, why are you constantly nagging me about something? Can't you just let it go, leave me alone? That's because God is not finished with you yet. If God is still eating away with you with a conscience and with feelings that you can do things better and an attitude and an action that needs to change, He's not doing it because He's punishing you. He's doing it because he wants you to have that peace and that freedom through the spirit of walking with God in our daily lives. So it is my hope and prayer that we make the effort that our desire is to follow Christ, understanding that Christ was crucified for us, 
that our passions and our desires that get us into trouble was left on the cross and that his resurrection tells us that every time we come before God we have that sense of newness that sense of grace that sense of that first love when we came to know Christ as our personal Savior and then we know and then we testify about the Spirit of God working in our lives because we see the fruits of the Spirit working and we see the things within our own personal lives that sets us down that path that we may not be following God the way that we should. And that's when we become conceited about things, when we provoke one another, when we envy one another. That tells us that we have moved out of the Spirit of God and the fruit of His Spirit, and we are moving back into the nature that God has taken us away from. He has taken away that from us because he knows that that's not the way that he wants us to live. He wants us to live in such a way that we are at peace with ourselves, that we are at peace with God, and that we are at peace with each other. And then we can practice the freedom in our lives that God has given us. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion as we desire publicly to show to God that we want that peace and that we want that freedom and that we are no longer a victim. Let us pray. A gracious God, Thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, that we are no longer the victim because the true victim was your Son, Jesus Christ. Because he bore all of our sins. He fulfilled that separation between us and you. And God, that bridge has been built through your Spirit to give us the peace and the freedom that you want us to have. But God, forgive us for our sins and remind us not to allow those sins to separate us from your Spirit in our lives. And remind us, God, as we take communion together that yes, we are imperfect, but publicly when we take communion, we represent we represent the perfection that have been given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And therefore, we can follow your Spirit working in our lives. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins, for giving us perfection, so that we can follow you in spirit and in truth. In Christ's name, amen.
You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn this morning is number 442, Have Thine Own Way. Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Remind us, God, of those things. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming.